my name is Nick Caploni. I'm ArcQuest Senior Programme Coordinator and I'd like to welcome you to this interview series that accompanies the Horniman Residency. These interviews will follow the experiences of selected artist Alex Julian on her journey through the museum's music collection and the resulting ideas and work. Thanks very much for joining us today, Alex. Again, Thank you, Nick. Been looking nice forward to be here. <laughs> been looking forward to catching up with you again. Yeah, um, me too. So, uh, the residency, you've, you've now completed the residency and you had your um, closing event last week and I just wondered if you could talk through the event format and how, how you came to decide on, on what it was going to look like and how it was going to run. Yeah, well the story of uh, how I arrived at that is quite a long one so we might dip into that as we go along. Sure. So I'll talk a little bit about what it was. Um, so the Horniman, like many cultural institutions and organisations, uh, run a series of late night events uh, and they're trying to attract a young adult audience which perhaps isn't their core audience generally. So I thought this is actually originally the audience that I wanted to speak to um, and hadn't had much of an opportunity to do so. And I think because there's a celebratory aspect to late events, it seemed like a very nice one to hook into. And um, for those of you who haven't visited the Horniman recently, um, they have now opened this stupendous world gallery, which personally I think is world class. I think for a small museum, it's quite gobsmacking, um, both in terms of how it's retained um, the identity of the 19th century museum, but inserted this incredibly contemporary curatorial take on their anthropological collection. So, uh, it was a really nice opportunity to join in that celebration and situate what I'd been doing within that. So during my visits to the museum, I noticed that they have this fantastic 19th century uh, conservatory. Beautiful, like a miniature crystal palace. Um, and uh, having a slightly theatrical bent, I thought that it's either got to be that or the bandstand, really. <laughs> and, uh, at that point, I didn't know we were going to have this long, hot summer, so opted for the conservatory, which I think was a great uh, way of staging an event. However, I'm not an actor, and uh, I don't really like performing, if I'm quite honest. So um, I, wanted, I did want to speak very directly to the audience, uh, but not through PowerPoint, not through giving a straight talk, so I've been mulling this over, how to actually impart a lot of information quite quickly in a 20-minute slot, but try and um, make it a bit more interactive in some way. So I decided to basically um, create a small event in three parts, which was broken up by some music, because it seemed really, really important to me to have some live music. Because although I'm around uh, live music a lot just because of the world I inhabit and who I choose to mix with. Um, I'm often struck by the fact that a lot of people don't really encounter live music up close and personal or they might gravitate towards a particular kind of music that they enjoy but not experience other kinds of music. Um, so I wanted to do that to, to create some kind of intimacy with music. Uh, so I sat down at home to try and put my thoughts together, what, would, what was it I wanted to say, and I decided to just basically work from my notes and give it a one shot, sit down and write, and um, try and put something together that straddles a narrative of 
what had unfolded, but at the same time to um, try and put some of the critical thinking in there, but also to think about the language that surrounds the subject area. So what has struck me all the way through the residency was the poetry of the language. Um, so that's what I really wanted to use. So rather than say, well, I did this, I did that, just to use some of the words and let people hear the words and the language and let it roll over them, even if they weren't quite sure what it actually meant or depicted. Well, that was, I mean, that came across really strongly for me as, a, as an audience member. And there was this, when you talked about separating it out into um, sort of sections. So there was one section where um, you quite poetically used some of the language that talked about um, the, the kind of uses of musical instruments. And then in the next section, you kind of talked about, um, used words that um, talked about how musical instruments are activated. Yeah. And that was a really beautiful kind of performative, poetic way of kind of, uh, yeah, looking at um, instruments, their uses, their function from a different perspective. Yeah. That was, that was really so lovely. I think I wanted to touch on things like the classification of musical instruments, <coughs> the materials of musical instruments the places you might find them, um, yeah, how they might be utilised. And also, I wanted some kind of audience involvement because I think the really core issue I have around public engagement is uh, it's surprising how many people don't think about their audience. So <laughs> who is the audience? What, first of all, what do I want to say to them? But also, how might they enjoy this? Um, and so it's interesting because as a child I was taken to the theatre a lot and I had this absolute dread of audience participation and being the one who was singled out to come up on stage. Um, but actually I quite enjoyed doing that to other people, so yeah. <laughs> that's a bit perverse. Actually what was really lovely about, about that is that there didn't, I mean, when people entered the auditorium there yeah. was some you know there was some trepidation about sitting in the front yeah. like there always was yeah. for, for that reason nobody wants to sit no, in the front row but, no, but, but <laughs> actually I, I think because of the way that you, you, you handled the sort of participation there wasn't one of the things that's the most awkward bit is when you call out for volunteers yeah. or questions. I've learned that you don't but do yeah, that. Yeah, you just <laughs> got them on board and actually they all, they all like enjoyed. People had a good spirit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, to break up each section, I marked each, se each section with a sound. So I used a bell, a whistle and something that, uh, I don't know what its official name is, but it, it can be called a whirly. So uh -huh. it's a length of plastic tube that if you whirl it makes this very ethereal sound and then um, I asked the audience to demonstrate four different instruments, very simple instruments um, and then at the end we also used wine glasses to make a sound. Um, so it was just a very simple, I'm, I'm not interested in embarrassing people or making mm. them feel awkward, you know, it needs to be a joyous thing or a funny thing or something that in fact, everybody, the people demonstrating and the people watching can all feel part of the same thing, but the same that, experience. That was also a really important, like, uh, what's the word, reflection of how people participate in music yeah. and sort of musical instruments. And that, that kind of convivial, communal yeah. activity that, that the structure of the event, I felt, really sort of picked up on. I, th I think I've been reflecting a lot about how, as adults, we often we carry something with us that's from school where we say, oh, I'm no good at 
this, I can't do this, I can't, can do that. Um, and of course, as artists, we're familiar with the I can't draw syndrome. And of course, another one is I can't play music, I can't play an instrument. But I think we demonstrated that everybody can play an instrument. Yeah. Which is nice, you know. So I wanted to create this connection between spoken word, played music, and then the experience of um, trying something, mm. making a sound that didn't have to be music. Yeah. Um, but then I also, uh, so the, the, that was the principal part of the event, but I also wanted to just put on display a few things which um, demonstrated some of the ideas I was talking about, and also some of my attempts to make and fail and <laughs> meander through this world of what? musical instruments. Well, you say fail. When I first <laughs> saw the drawings that you presented, I thought that they were like you'd managed to get direct lifts from oh, the... Oh, well that's it, nice. It wasn't until like closer inspection yeah. that I started noticing that actually they'd been <coughs> modified in some way. So, um, yeah, I put some drawings on display, which I'd been looking at drawings in the stores, Horniman stores, and these were technical drawings, mostly of brass and woodwind instruments, and they're stunning drawings, large format on beautiful transparent papers and I think it was the drawings plus the quality of the paper that really really interested me and um, I started thinking about although I do draw a lot it's made me think about my own ineptitude in a certain way of drawing or oh. describing and I wanted to sort of grapple with that a little bit so that that was an interesting path to follow and then I wanted to make some objects as well but I'll talk a bit more about that in due course. <coughs> um, so it's just trying to, I mean, it's a strange thing when you undertake a residency, and in my case, it spanned a year, pretty mm. much, which is quite a long time. And, and of course, I wasn't at it full time. It was, you know, here and there, but it was in my head all the time. So how do you translate that into a public event? It's, it's actually quite a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, as we came in today, you asked me, you know, how I felt about it, and to be honest, I've no idea, uh -huh. because <laughs> I was on the other side of it. Yeah, um, it's different when you're yeah, in it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I certainly did too, and I think that, that, yeah, the audience felt that the combination of the, the structure, the setting, the different, like, levels of engagement, both in terms of playing musical instruments, handling some of the stuff that you that you've made, um, and also the the, um, the museum tags that accompany the artifacts were all like allowed to 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 get people hook people in on a, on a number of different levels. Um, I mean, broadly speaking, I wanted to ask how your um, expectations of the residency compared to the realities of it, because quite often when we you know when yeah. we speak to artists they're quite surprised about the, the, yeah. the difference between you know how, how they thought it was going to be and, and what actually happened well I think I was lucky in that um, the timing of this residency was perfect for me personally um, and that's something I might tell anyone applying to think about <laughs> uh, in that I mentioned in the previous interview that I just come out of a fellowship that was very research and public engagement based and was doing a similar thing on a on a higher level which was 
pay for my time, basically. And it's, I think as an artist, you get so used to delivering. You get into that mindset, I've got to deliver, I've got to do what I said on the form. And, yeah. and uh, so I was in a good place to actually not worry about that too much and just go into the residency with an expectation that I was going to have some access that ordinary members of the public wouldn't have mm. to both the collections, the stores, and the expertise and knowledge in the museum. Um, and that I would have time, and the time thing I want to come on to. So that was very clear to me, and I think uh, the residency absolutely fulfilled that. So, you know, it was a great privilege to be around the keeper, the assistant keeper, the librarian, um, the objects in store, um, you know, be, be, have my hand held as I tried to navigate the catalogue and figure out what I was doing with it. And, you know, that was an absolute treat, really. And um, I think the, you know, the expectation and the reality kind of matched. Oh, really? Okay, that's well. good. That's good. The only thing I would say is that, uh, which is more about me than about ArtQuest or the Vaughnament, is that. I had cited that I would or might do certain things, and I didn't do quite a lot of them. So, but I think that's the nature of the beast. Yeah, really. yeah, and I think, like particularly with research residencies, there's the understanding that you know you might go in with an intention and end up somewhere completely different. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's no, you know, there's no surprises. Yeah. If you if you follow the completely follow your sort of preset. Um, path then, yeah. You have to, you know, when you're applying, you have to imagine yourself in it, mm. <laughs> and then you sort of imagine yourself out of it again and, and let yourself go somewhere else. So, I mean, um, in, in terms of the, the impact of the residency, like, do you think it's changed or, or maybe even reinforced uh, any particular sort of approaches that you have to, to, to making work? Yeah, I think it's embedded and reinforced some approaches. Yeah. And I think coming on to this time issue again, um, because, because it gives you time, and time is such a valuable resource for all of us, increasingly so, and that kind of quiet time, um, when you can just sit and think, <laughs> um, or re-look, or revisit, uh, I think, for me, it's really reinforced the value of that that that's been quite lost for me over a few years and I know now, thank you ArtQuest, <laughs> <laughs> that I must uh, sort of guard that really fiercely and stand up for it as well. There is quite a lot of pressure on artists to, yeah. to, to produce, as in like to, to yeah. be constantly yeah. generating yeah. stuff. And it, it's you can get a, quite resentful about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, and I guess particularly, you know, when when working in sort of partnerships with sort of commissioners or other organisations and stuff, where where there is like a, the expectation of a yeah. particular output, it can be quite, um, yeah, it can be quite demanding. And yeah, that, that's I guess that's one of the intentions is to create a bit of space with it, which in itself actually can be quite a, um, a, a, challenge. a challenge. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're... Because you have to put yourself into a void, and a void can be very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I would say there were times when it was very <laughs> uncomfortable, and I was really struggling to mm. think, what 
so what is this? <laughs> you know, okay, I've gone and I've talked and I've read and I've looked and I've handled and and uh, so now I do what exactly? Yeah. You know, and and it's very easy in hindsight to say, well, uh, yes, of course, and then it all fell into place, but it's not quite like that, and I. I would say it still hasn't. Yeah. You know, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Um, but I th think on the plus side about having some kind of parameter, oh. it, it means that, well, yeah, you do have to focus down and you do have to struggle through the bits that are a bit opaque mm. or a little bit confusing um, and try and produce something, even if it's incomplete or it's not very good. Or was, I can't remember who said it, it sounded very profound. But work, work isn't finished; it just stops in an interesting place. Oh, that's a great yeah. quote. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I can't find out who that is. I can't remember who that who that who that is. That's great though. <laughs> so I think that's right. It's yeah. not about completion. Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody's work is ever complete. No, like there's too many like occasions, isn't there, when you're you're working on something and it's like it's great, it's looking good, it's working. I'm just gonna oh god, yeah. you know, you do yeah. something and then it yeah. throws it off kilter again, it. and then you have yeah. to push it again until it yeah. until it yeah. ends up somewhere good once more. Um, so I mean, that was one challenge. Were there any other kind of um, I don't know, maybe more um, practical or, or or esoteric whatever challenges that, yeah. that the residency unexpected ones that the residency threw up? I think um, yeah, there was quite a big one for me, which is that I do most of my thinking. Through, uh, I'm talking artistically, through um, materials and through making. And this residency wasn't about that, or that's not where its focus yeah. was. Um, so I was really struggling with that initially, um, because I, was, I couldn't find a way in to think about what I was looking at. Mm. It was all fascinating and curious, and had reams and reams of notes, but I wasn't quite sure what that amounted to. Um, but that's just, of course, a necessary stage of research, mm. that kind of absorption. And then I did take myself into the studio and there was another challenge, which is, well, what am I, okay, I'm gonna make something, but what is it? <laughs> and um, the reason why it was a particular challenge is that if you look at the world of instruments, which on the less sophisticated end of things, so kind of folk and ethnic, instruments, um, which are homemade, handmade instruments. There's so much inventiveness and there's so much surrealism that it didn't seem like there was anything left for me to do. <laughs> um, it, it just felt whichever way I turned, it had already been done and right. done in a way that was so much better than anything I could have done. <laughs> so every time I felt I had a great idea and I did a little bit of research, I was scuppered in a way. It was just like, ah, okay, so this is, okay, so that's been done, okay. But you know, that was great. I mean, that it's so important to have that challenge, mm. you know, and again, I'm not really sure where it left me, but I did keep coming back to materials, and I think um, because I'd started the residency looking at Boozy and Hawks, who were one of the biggest instrument makers in the 19th and 20th century, you know, they, their instruments are so sophisticated. They're, you know, they're largely brass instruments and they're beautifully made mm. objects. 
Um, and obviously I can't make anything in that realm. Um, but even to craft a really simple material and try and make a sound is a real challenge. One at which I failed, actually. But, um, you know, that was a great challenge. And I, I'd be really disappointed if I was sitting here now saying to you, oh, no, <laughs> no challenges at all. It was marvellous. I think there was also a public engagement challenge. Like, what is this thing called public engagement? Yeah, you know, which good is, question. You know, not just uh, a question that the Horniman residency has raised, it's one that's been there for a while. And um, in my application, I talked about doing all kinds of things in gallery, none of which I did. Mm. Ultimately, I talked about this before because once I got into the gallery, I saw that it wasn't actually really appropriate to work in that way, and I wanted to talk to an adult audience. So then, that, you know, there was a challenge about, well, you know, how am I going to approach this if, if the gallery's full of kids mm. and I want to talk to adults? Mm. So, well, that took me to that event <laughs> last week. You know, I found a way. But, yeah, that journey was very good, very, very uh, stimulating. And in terms of um, research, I mean, often what happens is there are a number of kind of dead ends yeah. Uh, blind alleys, interesting, promising directions which you don't take. Uh, uh, yeah, can you talk a little bit about any tantalising paths that came up that you maybe didn't follow or yeah. you might revisit? Or, yeah. yeah, I love blind alleys. Yeah. I think they're <laughs> great. Um, yeah, so there literally was a blind alley, um, which was that I went on a walk. Uh, so d I've been thinking a lot about Horneman himself. Yeah. Um, and his... Traversing the globe to find his objects and thinking, oh, it's you know, it's so important to get out of your normal environment, your normal domain, and how could I do that in a scalable way? And I thought, okay, well, maybe I could take a walk. And so I thought, I will walk from the Horniman Museum to my home in Notting Hill. It's about, I think it's about six miles, something like that. Um, just using a compass and just, you know, sort of see where the wind blows me through London. And on the way, I'll look for materials on the street, see what I can harvest, and then uh, see if I can make something from those materials uh, in terms of an instrument. So I spent the better part of a day doing that walk mm. and uh, discovered that London is very clean. <laughs> the stuff you find on the street isn't as interesting as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and there's a huge amount of repetition, so a lot of crisp packets and a lot of bottle tops and uh, cigarette packets. And I didn't, I didn't really find anything very much that was particularly stimulating. However, I mean, I took a bag back to the studio of all these objects and materials, and I did sit on it for about a month and then I threw it all away because it just wasn't it just wasn't happening and yeah. I think it was actually a relief to throw it away and decide that that had been an interesting moment I'd really enjoyed the walk through London um, it had afforded me you know five or six hours to think in a way that I would not do if I were just sitting in the studio so, I, you know, it was time to think about Horniman and mm. think about the project and think about what I might do. Um, but ultimately, I abandoned it and, and it was fine. You know, it was uh, quite positive. 
actually, yeah. to just say goodbye to that. Yeah, because you, you don't know until you yeah. try it, right? Yeah. You've, got to, yeah. you've got to sort of take the leap of an idea and, and test it yeah. before so you So that was a, a kind of physical blind alley. Yeah. I think in terms of, I mean, most artists will experience this. There's a lot of uh, making that went on that ended up in the bin and um, materials that wouldn't behave in the way that I'd hoped. So, for example, I, I was trying to make a mute for a horn, out, and this came out of the walk. I, I wanted a sort of quotidian material, so I went to my local market and found a fruit crate and broke it up and sanded it down and thought I wanted to make a mute from this. But I didn't really have a good sense of how to go about it, mm. so probably about ten attempts later, I ended up with some kind of a form, uh -huh. um, which is very different from the thing I set out to make. Um, so it was, it, it worked out well in the end, but there were multiple blind alleys involved in that yeah. particular journey. Dry runs a bit. Yeah. 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 And I mean, uh, one of the things that I'm always really curious to hear about is this thing about um, artistic routine as it were so you get into a particular habit or way of yeah. way of working or like a rhythm for, for producing work and often things like residencies can shake that up or yeah. change or develop that so I just wondered like whether there was any kind of uh, like a typical routine that, that a typical way you spend your time at the museum uh, over the course of the residency and yeah. or, or away from it as well like how that all I mean, you could say that the visits to the museum were quite restricted in certain ways, mm. in that what I had access to immediately was the gallery, like many any member of the public. Yeah. Um, and what a fabulous gallery it is. Yeah. The thing that was a bit more complex to set up were visits to the store, because they involve members of the staff and uh, needing to be accompanied and all of that. And in the library again, you're dealing with opening hours. So um, that all felt like, okay, that all has to be quite timetabled. Mm. In some ways, in terms of studio time, it was sort of very as and when, but I think what the residency did was it got me back into a routine, uh -huh. which had been missing. Right. So, and it's that, that thing that we all have to remind ourselves as artists of, you know, you've got to put the hours in. And when you put the hours in, stuff happens yeah. that, that doesn't happen when you're just sort of dipping in and out constantly. So it was actually great to say, okay, the residency is allowing me to put the whole week aside to go into the studio, even if nothing happens, I'm there, I'm thinking about this, I'm engaging with it. Yeah. So it was really nice to have that push and pull of you know, access to the museum and then into the studio and then uh, actually, after a conversation with you, I had been thinking about, well, do I want to go and meet people who make instruments or other kinds of craftspeople or other musicians? Mm. And I ended up not, uh, through choice, really. Uh, it didn't seem quite the right moment. But um, I did go to some, hear some live music, which was great, you know, uh, to just re-engage with the object and with the sounds that the objects make and I think it, it just kind of raised my awareness of even things like buskers actually stopping to listen and think about okay what's this person playing what's the story why are they playing this and why are they playing it like this yeah uh, I was just thinking on the way here that um, 
there's a busker on the market where I live who doesn't actually play an instrument. He plays an air guitar, basically. Oh, wow, okay. And he dresses up in flippers and goggles uh -huh. and plays an air guitar. And I <laughs> and Not I, in this weather, I yeah. <laughs> um Even something like that, to go and sort of watch him in the light of thinking about all, all of this. You know, it was quite interesting yeah. to think, okay, so what's his relationship <laughs> to musical instruments? He clearly doesn't play one, but he's got this idea about an instrument. Yeah. It's quite interesting. So I think, I think, yeah, there was no kind of routine as such, but it was just, there was a structure. Mm. And that was really useful. So it's the structure of how to access the museum, the structure I was creating for myself in the studio, and then the bigger structure of, you know that the residency has to end at some point yeah. <laughs> it can't go on forever and so to thinking about the sort of trajectory of it so it, it sounded like that put a kind of a filter on what you were well it yeah. had to be what you were thinking about and how you were sort of seeing stuff and engaging with with, yeah. with things and yeah. of course anyone else uh, who might do this residency or any other residency you've got the rest of your life going on in and around this so yeah. you have to figure out how it all fits in and around that yeah, well, well, and other things that you're thinking about. I mean, that would be really helpful and interesting to hear about in terms of other stuff that you're balancing, you know, juggling at the time in terms of project or, or yeah, other work. Or yeah, so I'm just doing, I'm just doing some um, curating for World Complexion at the moment on their live programme around an exhibition that's about architecture and health. So that's a very different uh, set of issues to mm. be thinking about. Um, so that's the main thing that's been there and then I think uh, the residency's been really helping me to think about other work that I might want to make in the future mm. and is it drawing, is it sculpture, is it something else altogether. Um, so, so I've been quite preoccupied revisiting a lot of my old work mm. and being able to sort of connect things up in a way that I haven't been able to, courtesy of this residency. Uh. So again, it sort of afforded me the time to be thinking about that. So I think, I think yes, there've been kind of very sort of real practical things I've been involved in, but also just the job of being an artist in the broader sense of, okay, where's this all heading? And, yeah. You know, the, the, those questions we all talk to ourselves <laughs> with on a on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, what's it for? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> where's it all heading? And why am I here? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's been quite useful in terms of those things. Um, yeah. And is is there any um, kind of with the benefit of hindsight? Is there yeah. any uh, advice that you might give to to next year's artists in in relation to like getting the most out of their yeah. their time there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Anybody who applies for anything, we, as an artist, I think we all go through this um, routine where we think, right, so what is it they want to hear? <laughs> what, are, you know, what are they looking for? What do they want to hear? And of course that's a good question to ask yourself. However, I think it's really important to keep that in perspective as well, because I feel that what they want to hear is how passionate you are about something um, and how authentic you are about that thing. And so 
I think if you're considering applying for this or any other residency, is it's not just about you know what can I offer them. It's is what can in this instance Horniman offer me? What, what does Horniman have that's particular, that's special, that ArtQuest is saying you will have access to, mm. that can really, really help me think about my work and develop it and reflect on it? Because I think reflection is a huge part yeah. of this residency. And um, try and mute that that voice that's talking about delivering, uh -huh. <laughs> just quieten it down a bit and just think a little bit more about the time and what the time could offer you. Because I think, you know, in a way, unfortunately, we do live in a world as artists where we are constantly delivering and not always in a good way. Um, and I think the fantastic thing about this ArtQuest residency and ArtQuest in general, if I may say, <laughs> is that um, you know you have this very mature approach to artists, which is you know honouring this idea that it is a journey, there isn't an end, mm -hmm. um, uh, that you need time, that uh, you can't always deliver in the way that you'd imagined, yeah. that you might deliver something else. Um, and that, you know, you're all sort of collectively taking a leap into the unknown. And I think to bear that in mind that, you know, you, the artist, the Horniman and ArtQuest are all jumping off the diving board together. Yeah, that's you a really know. nice way of thinking. And, uh, thinking about you know, it. Yeah. you're going to make a great splash together <laughs> as well. Yeah. But, you know, you're not alone in it. You're being supported. Um, in, in really fantastic ways and I think uh, you know my experience is that I was supported in this very light touch way which was great because it just gave me the space to think and to do and to fail and failing being really important but also to check in mm. and to go for a drink as we did yeah and <laughs> just you know have the conversation you know have the artistic conversation which is really important and I think also for the Horniman for the second time around to get to know an artist and, and find out okay well this artist works in a slightly different way from the previous artist yeah. um, you know all artists are not the same um, which I think is a sort of revelation to a lot of people that, that we're not a one size fits all no it's, it's a very particular each practice has got really particular and individual perspective yeah. and, I, I, and methods yeah exactly um, and I think the more we can have that conversation with people outside of the arts, the better it will be for all of us, mm. really. I feel that quite passionately. Um, and the more we can, our processes can be visible. And it is, uh, from, from you know, having been involved in this residency, for, or, or similar residencies for like quite, quite a few years now, it is this thing about going back to like um, reflection. Yeah. Uh, and the space that the residencies provide artists with reflection and the way that that actually allows uh, maybe uh, curators or people who've been working at the institution for some time and looking at the material through a particular perspective to then like reassess that and see it through fresh eyes. I think we might have talked about this a little bit in the previous interview, but that's some, something that, that keeps, keeps coming up again yeah. and that's the real... Yeah buzz for, for the organisation yeah. hosting Absolutely. Is, is that. And I think, you know, we have this term, public engagement, and it's, it's 
everywhere now. Mm. Suddenly it's, you know, it used to be this thing that was tucked away and now every, everyone has it. And I think it, it can be a little bit confusing. What is public engagement? What does it mean? And I think you have to say, well, what does it mean to me? Um, and, and to me, it's as simple as having a conversation. So what form does that conversation take? Is it literally a conversation, me sitting in a room with you, having a conversation, or now ArtQuest uh, listeners listening to us? Or is it an event, or is it you know, something that's a tract? Is it, you yeah. know, is it a film? What is it? It can really be anything you want. It's just about looking outwards and connecting. Mm. Um, and I, th I think that's wonderful, you know, we can have those conversations publicly that's a brilliant thing yeah and um, I guess my last question is now that the, the residency is over what have you got what's happening next what have you got planned? yeah well a very nice surprising thing popped into my inbox uh, about 10 days ago from the Horniman oh great which is um, that they are starting um, a bit of research that's going to happen over about four years, which is called Music in the Making, and they're going to be looking at how they can engage audiences more with their musical instruments, um, and that's the instruments in the gallery, but also in the stores and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, so this, as far as I understand it, is in its very, very embryonic stage. So um, they've asked me if I will um, jump on board on their advisory group. Oh, fantastic. Working with that. Yeah. So obviously they're bringing all kinds of people with different perspectives together to just to think about this. How, what might that look like? And you know, yeah. how, can, how can we make it interesting? Um, so if you're listening and <laughs> <laughs> um, you have some fantastic ideas, uh, I don't know, maybe you can send them to ArtQuest. Um, so that's great. So that's a nice, very light touch, long term thing. But it's a really, for me, a really lovely legacy mm. to the residency. And it means, in a very selfish way, that I can stay in touch with the Hornet yeah. and I can stay in touch with the Keeper. And um, it gives me a bit more time to think about all of this stuff because I don't feel I've wrapped it up. Um, so that's one thing. And then I'm moving to Northwest Florida for 10 months to Tallahassee, which is near the Georgia border, capital of Florida. And um, um, without going into great detail, I'm going to have a lot of time there. <laughs> so um, I'm just figuring out what to do with that time. And hopefully it's time to make work and be in a new culture and I'll be very loosely affiliated to university, so that's going to be great to be able to dip in and out of university life and uh, take up some new activities and mm. challenges. And of course, I will be deep in the heart of Trump country, so um, coming up to the midterm elections, and I hope to be on the campaign trail for the other side, Great. <laughs> doing what I can. Um, so it's going to be, I think, extremely interesting times and uh, a little bit like the residency, it's very difficult for me to visualise what all that is going to be like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. I hope to do a bit of writing while I'm there, um, check out what local artists are up to yeah. in Tallahassee, uh, do a bit of travelling. Great. So yeah, well, interesting yeah. times. We'll be yeah, we'll be uh, tapping you for some information. In yeah, please do, really please good. do. Yeah. I think it would be uh, 
you know, I think we think America is, you know, it's a close ally and we know a lot about American culture, but of course there's a lot we don't know. And, and, and what are the challenges that face artists in a place like Tallahassee, which yeah. is quite cut off from some of the bigger centres like Miami? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. We'll look forward to hearing about that. Yeah, uh, I'll report back. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd like to say again, thank you to ArtQuest like and to the Horn of America for this fantastic opportunity. Really wonderful. No, it's fantastic. been an absolute Great. pleasure having you having you on board.